0: Of Adult Side Broker. And welcome to Adult Side Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Drew and Michael from Up. Would you like an easy way to make a lot of money? Send sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker through our affiliate program, ASB Cash. When you refer business to us, you'll receive 20% of our broker commission on all sales that result from that referral for life. You can make $100,000 or more on only one sale for some of our listings. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. At Adult Site Broker, we're proud to announce our latest project porn.com. You'll find articles from industry websites as well as mainstream publications from around the world. It's designed to raise awareness of our industry's plight in the war on porn and the numerous attacks on our industry and online free speech by hate groups, the religious right, and politicians. You'll find all that and more at TheWarOnPorn.com. We've also added an events section to our website at adultsitebroker.com. Now you can get information on B2B events on our site, as well as special discounts reserved for our clients. Go to adultsitebroker.com for more details. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to introduce a successful and growing OnlyFans agency. They've been in business less than a year and a half, but they've experienced tremendous growth. The company was founded by two brothers. In the last year, they've done over $5 million in gross profit. They have over 130 full-time Filipino employees with affordable salaries. The strategy of the company is to acquire large volumes of creators, put them through their automated onboarding process, and then they decide which creators are worth keeping. Out of over 2,000 in the last year, they pared down to the 300-plus creators they have now. They focus on 30 to 50 high-revenue-producing creators. The top one is generating $120,000 in monthly revenue. There are many high-potential creators who currently do between $5,000 to $75,000 a month. These creators can be scaled through detailed focus and know-how, not to mention additional marketing. The founders have created scalable systems and automations through sustainable processes. The whole company is very well structured. The founders currently only work about an hour a day due to their systems. There's a great potential to further develop the revenue from each creator, thus multiplying the revenue and profits of the company. The main marketing is TikTok with some Instagram sprinkled in, which leaves amazing opportunities using other media and buying ads. Only $13.5 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guests today on Adult Side Broker Talk are Drew and Michael from Cheeked Up. Guys, thanks for being with us on Adult Side Broker Talk. Thank you so much for having having us, Bruce. You guys did that in unison. I like it. So, I'll tell everybody about Cheeked Up. Uh, You guys are a fresh force in the adult industry with a passion for change and a commitment to empowerment. You, Michael, and also your partner, Nick, who didn't make it today, are here to redefine the future of adult content creation. Today, we'll talk about how these innovators are changing the status quo. Cheeked Up is the first platform of its kind for booty enthusiasts, and I want to assure everyone there's lots of booty on there. Most notably, they pride themselves on empowering content creators to sell custom content while prioritizing creative freedom. Cheeked Up is an outlier created by bucking historical industry trends as a central mission statement. Cheeked Up places the human aspect at the forefront of business, strategically being built for creators to thrive and be successful. What makes Cheeked Up special is they offer the best in industry creator commissions, a passive income referral program. Numerous buyer outreach tools and a dedicated support team to make sure creators have everything they need to succeed. Buyers on the platform enjoy the chance to personalize their profile to jumpstart interactions with the creators, or alternately, they can partake in the community anonymously. Buyers also have analytical tools which expedites outreach and engagement. So, as they like to say, a cheeked up let's get cheeky. So, guys what makes you venture into the world of adult entertainment? I mean, are you crazy or what?
1: (laughs) No, it's a a great, great question, Bruce. Again, thank you so much for having us on. You know, it really started with, I would say, appreciating the success of these different players in the industry, first and foremost, and recognizing that there was tremendous enthusiasm in the space. You know, historically – when you think of the adult industry, you know you tend to think of porn, you know? you know, adult video stores and sketchy websites that you hope won't destroy your your chunky computer that you're looking at in the in the dark of night, right? <laughs> I, I think seeing in more recent years these platforms come out that effectively created these online communities, um, you know, a ton of camaraderie between members, and then obviously the opportunity for a next level of personalization and engagement that was seemingly lacking in the adult industry as a whole i think it was it was that that really got us excited to really join and enter
2: the industry
0: okay
1: sounds good drew do you have anything to
0: add
2: no i think uh, michael covered it pretty well you know we're we're very enthusiastic and just ready to kind of change things up
0: Oh, sounds good. It sounds like you have. So what makes Cheeked Up special and different than the other platforms that you guys compete
1: with? You know what? That is a- another great question, Bruce. I guess, you know, to keep it simple for starters, Cheeked Up was designed to appeal to, and, and I don't know if you're familiar with Seinfeld. I know we were getting into comedy a little bit before, but as Cosmo Kramer was once called, the ass man was on his license plate. <laughs> it was on his license plate. Exactly right. But that's our vertical, right, Bruce? But creators on the Cheeked Up platform, well, they enjoy the best in industry commission rates as, as you were getting to before that are actually tiered to reward creators more for doing what they do best. You know, truly, we want our creators to make the most money that they can in the adult marketplace space on Cheeked Up. And it was one of the things we were most excited about when we were building the platform. And it's why we're actually seeing a lot of these creators come to our site from other platforms. Now, we do also offer them, as you got into, you know, a ton of carefully designed buyer outreach tools in and in a truly dedicated support team in order to assist them on their creative journey. And as you also touched on before, for buyers, we also put a lot of thought into functionality, and we didn't just give them analytic and, and filter tools, but we also wanted to include a, a special buyer ghost mode. Our goal in building Cheeked Up was to foster a community that promotes personalized engagements with creators and vice versa first, but also wanted to give users the ability to remain more anonymous if that's what they wanted. You know, we understand people have different levels of comfort, and we really wanted to be as thoughtful and
2: inclusive as possible when building this site. Okay. Makes good sense. Bruce, all that as well, I think what makes us different and special, you hear the statistic a lot, and we're all very familiar with it, but it's the statistic of the top 1% or so of creators on sites like OnlyFans account for about 95 plus percent of revenue and while we kind of acknowledge that you know that's the way this industry works that's the way things go there's a lot of creators out there that need the tools to grow and can benefit from something that really puts those you know let's call it the other 99 percent of creators at the forefront Um, and the beauty of this platform is that we built it for these creators but we still have the ability to scale for those large creators but the tools, the buyer outreach, everything was done through the the perspective of, hey, I, I'm a creator trying to, you know, get my business off the ground, trying to do what I do best. And how do I get started? And a lot of these tools have evolved to cater to these larger creators. You don't have a lot of these marketplaces that really cater to the smaller creators.
0: That's a good point. Let's say uh, someone has a um, profile on OnlyFans and they're doing pretty well what would be a good reason to also join your platform
2: <laughs> golden question and um, you know it, it's one that we've uh, we've answered many times and are gonna continue to answer I'll, I'll kind of start with the basics and then Michael if you want to kind of hop in um, but th- at a very very simple level we have best in industry Commission structure and we've actually even gone through and made it a tiered commission structure so all creators that sign up on the platform regardless of your amount of subscribers from day one you get commissions that we take from the marketplace, uh, whereas OnlyFans takes about 20. Um, And then we actually have a tiered system. So as you grow your subscribers, uh, so as you get from about zero to five subscribers, we start taking one percentage point down in marketplace platforms, going all the way to about 15%. So there's incentive to grow and we reward you to grow.
0: Sure, makes good sense. Yeah, nicely
1: said, Drew. Yeah, I think just to add on to that, Bruce, I would say we, we definitely promote a community where um, we want to have like-minded people. Um, and we want people who are enthusiastic and, and passionate um, about the industry. And you know we, we want to give people the tools to be successful above all else. Obviously, making money is, is very important. That's why we have you know best in industry commissions, but also being on a, a platform with like-minded people people that are looking for, for outreach and obviously making sure that you have the, the tools at your fingertips to have the best sort of engagements with uh, buyers or creators, that's, that's really what sets us apart.
2: Yeah. And the, the last thing I'll kind of add to, um, if you think about where our marketplace kind of stands in the, in the larger market, only fans, to use a, a, an analogy here, only fans would be like Walmart, right? You go in there and there's there's a grocery aisle, there's an electronics aisle, there's kind of a little bit of a hodgepodge of everything. Our site, if you're looking for video games, you're going to go to GameStop, uh, right? That, that's where you find the people that are dedicated to video games, that care about video games, and they will help you find exactly what you need. So simply put, if you're looking for booty, come to Cheeked Up and we will help you find what you're looking for.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Hey, Drew, what did you do before you got into this uh, crazy industry?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, so we, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and kind of tell a little bit about myself. So I have a background in finance, and then I'm actually a self-taught full-stack developer as well. So very, very interested, I would say, like more so in the academic side of finance. And then as I've kind of grown through finance, There's a big space in, I'd call it the overlap between software engineering and data science, where if you can get your hands around large data sets, you can build some pretty good predictive models. uh, And then once you know how to build those models, you can kind of serve them up and build a nice website around it. Obviously, very complimentary skill set in regards to kind of building this site. Um, We have a rockstar developer team and being able to speak the language has been very, very helpful.
1: Cool. How about you, Michael? Yeah, no, Bruce, I I actually have a a background in um, psychology, Um, so you know the the study of human mind and its functions um, is actually what I uh, studied in college, and I did also take a a few classes in entrepreneurship and business management, and post-college, I actually started working in the um, the tech industry, which is where I, I currently sit today. Oh, very good. So you still have a straight job, huh? Exactly. Yes, we, we we still punch the clock. We have the nine to five. Currently, the straight job, Bruce. It's a good idea when you got a startup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's the life of a life of a startup owner. This is just the this is the passion project.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully, hopefully, this will make you enough money where you can stop punching clocks. Hopefully, soon. Your mouth to a God's ears, Bruce. <laughs> In a world where adult content is widely available, how do you keep your platform exciting and fresh for users?
1: So Bruce, we're collectively we are positioned to continue updating and of course adding to um, our, our various platform functionalities. Um, really as fast as our, our dev team can work. You know, As Drew said, they're fantastic and we, we definitely keep them busy. For us, it's really important to prioritize first and foremost user experience, which is why we listen to users, plain and, and simple, not, not really a whole lot to it. By keeping those lines of communication open, I'd say, Bruce, we, we do have a, a consistent stream of feedback with our, our user base. And for that, we're, we're very grateful and fortunate, you know, to be honest, because we continue to learn so much from our users, and we, we really wouldn't be where we are today without them.
0: Yeah, and I, I always think it's important, and I think that's the one thing that most companies forget are the users, and to ask for the users to give them constructive criticism, because if you don't, then you're just guessing.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'd go a step further and even say that like the the future of not only cheeked up, but the future of a, a good, successful company not only solicits feedbacks from its users, but is predicated on feedback from its users. And there's so many fantastic tools. I'm thinking even the fact that, you know, a couple of weeks ago we we posted a tweet saying, hey creators, what what would you like to see on the platform? And immediately, you know, we got five or six comments inside of an hour, just telling us exactly what people want to see and how they want to see us pivot. And that—that's live feedback that we can take directly. I think we just sent a screenshot of that to our dev team and told them, like, all right, how, could, how soon can we implement this?
0: Nice, very nice. That is direct, and that's something we didn't have before social media. I remember the uh, the olden days when uh, when there was no social media. So things have come a very long time, long way. As a creator, what are the requirements to sign up for Cheeked
2: Up? So as a creator, requirements are are pretty simple and straightforward. And um, I can also kind of talk about the sign up process as well uh, and what that kind of entails. So we've invested a lot of time and effort uh, just into making this about as simple of a process as possible. The requirements to join all booty is welcome. So don't don't feel like, uh, you know, we're we're telling you not to join. Anyone's welcome to join. But the requirements are mainly legal and compliance related as we've put a lot of time and effort into making sure that, you know, we're not only in compliance, but we want to make sure that compliance is the number one thing that we emphasize. And that really comes back to our strict safety protocols as well to make sure users and creators feel safe on the platform. That being said, generally speaking, the, the process works. Uh, so, so the creator will fill out a quick signup form. And that's going to have their email, birth date, and name. And then they're also going to upload a photo of the front and back of any sort of ID that they like. So it's going to be driver's license or passport. And then they'll just kind of go ahead and take a selfie as well. We want to highlight, too, all the data is fully confidential and kept safe once uploaded. But once the verification passes, uh, a.k.a. we verify that you are of age and you are who you say you are, You're good to go. Uh, You get an email and a notification saying that your account has been approved, and then uh, your account is ready to start making some money. Are
0: you doing much business outside North America?
2: Yeah. So uh, we we built this to scale about as globally as possible. It's what took us so long to kind of come to market. And a portion of it was just getting, I would say, a lot of the financial and payment processor requirements set up to handle scale. Um, But we welcome creators from any and all countries.
0: Great. How do you plan on maintaining a responsible online environment?
1: Yeah, it's a really big one, Bruce. You know, it's, as you would figure, given the the nature of the industry we're in, this is absolutely, you know, a, a top priority for us. So Cheeked Up is committed to ongoing and proactive content management so as to provide Obviously, a safe and inclusive environment uh, for users that of course applies with all applicable and and relevant laws, you know, most importantly. And just just for a little bit of insight, just to to audience and and to you as well, Bruce, everything on the site, even starting from when a buyer and a seller starts their sign up process, it's all monitored in real time for security, safety, and policy enforcement. So we do take maintaining a responsible online environment very seriously. That's fantastic. Well, you got to, especially with today's climate, with
0: everything, with all the attacks on the adult industry, it's even more important to be as responsible as you can.
2: Of course. Yeah. And, you know, the the industry itself, I think gets a pretty bad rap for a plethora of reasons, but I think, as we're coming into this industry, you know, like we want to change it, and part of that change comes with uh, user safety, creator safety, and I mean, it, it takes a lot of drops in the bucket to make a change. But we hope that you know, if we emphasize the safety of our creators and the compliance, uh, and we really put that at the forefront of what we're doing, you know, in tandem with creator success, we're hoping it can make be a pretty big drop in the bucket for helping change the industry as a whole.
0: Here's hoping. What is it like to come into this industry now with all the attacks that we're receiving, which I'm sure you're aware of?
2: No one wants to do business with you. It is tough. I'll put it this way. Building this platform, something that from a development standpoint, had we had all the tools necessary, Michael, keep me honest here, but should not have taken more than three months. Um, It actually took us closer to about a year. And it's just, um, yeah, I can hear you nodding, Bruce. I, you know, we shouldn't be too surprising, but man, there's a lot of red tape, and
0: <laughs> I go through it myself, man. I got, I got tossed from Facebook. Anybody who listens here knows that, and I've had my issue with with uh, financial institutions, with mainstream companies, you name it.
2: Oh, you're preaching to the choir here, yeah. Um, it's just, I would call it a a lot of red tape. And once again, rightly so, I I think when an industry needs to be heavily regulated, you need to put safety protocols in place.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stop you there, though, rightfully so. You know, sex workers work and the adult industry is an industry and we're a business and we're a compliant business for the most part. There are exceptions and we tend as an industry to weed out those exceptions and shun them from. The mainstream of our industry. And there's nothing that's being done by the card companies, by governments, by right wing politicians, by hate groups that's actually justified because we are, (laughs) we're running a legitimate business. And for some reason, we are made to feel like we should be apologizing for that.
2: For sure, Bruce. Uh, first of all, I got to say, it is refreshing to talk to somebody that has, you know, that that similar viewpoint here. Uh, as you can clearly see, we're, we're pretty fresh off uh, a lot of bank calls where we, exactly what she said, um, you know, we have to come with our hat held in our hands and say like, hey, please do business with us. But at the end of the day here, you know, like we're business with a fantastic idea and an enthusiastic group of people that like want to grow. And yes, I mean, I think you've captured all my frustrations perfectly.
0: (laughs) And doing absolutely nothing wrong. If it wasn't for nudity and sex, none of us would be here. Absolutely. I don't
2: know
1: any other way, Bruce. I don't know another way. (laughs) Immaculate conception, I guess. But If somebody
0: wants to read the Bible, go for it. So how does the buying process work if someone wants to purchase content on Cheeked Up?
2: The process is pretty simple. um, And I do want to highlight like a big chunk of our investment actually was making sure that users have the ability to browse the site and view creators on our site without needing to create a buyer account. And I think that's something we do different. So uh, buyers, you know, if you're listening, pro tip, a good amount of creators actually post completely free content. So it is pretty risk free to go check out our site. And that's what we wanted it to be, um, you know, first and foremost. There's so many paywalls nowadays, and there's so many things telling you if you want to do anything like build an account. And, you know, we wanted to show our value proposition before we ask you to build an account. That, that's first and foremost. But from there, uh, you know, once you find a creator you're interested in, you know, you create an account. It's just basic, basic information. Again, name, verify your email and verify your age. Uh, and You're good to go. And then from there, uh, it's pretty straightforward. So you have a couple options as far as unlocking content goes. Uh, you know, it, it's fairly similar to other marketplace platforms. So you can choose to buy one-off photos from a creator. Uh, you can subscribe to kind of unlock everything from a monthly fee. Or you can actually send creators a message and request a custom photo or a video to kind of get exactly what you're looking for.
1: Great. Michael, did you have something? I don't know if I could have said it any better myself, Bruce. (laughs) Okay.
0: As a buyer, let's say I'm currently a buyer on OnlyFans or just for fans, why would I come to Cheeked Up and buy from you guys? Besides, you want the money, of course.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question. I know. I asked it. (laughs) So we're actually – uh, once again, the the success of our platform is predicated on the success of our creators, and we're operating off the understanding that a, a creator will see our platform as a more enticing opportunity and exclusively start posting photos, videos, content there. And as your creator is incentivized to do so on your site, there's a natural migration of buyers. I don't think our buyer experience is necessarily any different. I, I think m- most buyers, look at the platform as a commodity. You know, it's the same as choosing an Apple at a store. There, It's the same anywhere, and you kind of just go with the brand name. So the buyers will generally go where the sellers want, and the sellers are the ones that are really kind of making a majority of the ripples there.
1: Okay.
0: Is there any kind of effort to get your creators to push Cheeked Up on their social medias?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we actually, uh, it's funny you should ask that. One of the the things we're kind of piloting right now, well, before I get ahead of myself. So yes, there is. Uh, you know, we're, we're offering a lot of creators uh, fairly exclusive deals as we're pretty new in the marketplace. One of the big things we want to do is just obviously establish trust, legitimacy, and just get more people talking about us. But the, the main effort is obviously doing deals uh, with creators for exclusivity and saying, hey, if you move, uh, do what you're doing, just do it on our site. That's, that's initial part of it. But then the other thing that we're doing, and I think this is where a lot of sites, this is where I would say we're a bit different. We understand that a lot of creators are trying their best to, I would say, push out their media. um, But they're doing it mainly through like channels like Twitter. And there are a lot of areas that are kind of, I would say, not dug into well enough, either just because uh, they they don't understand how to use it. So specifically, I'm thinking Reddit is a very good example where there's a huge opportunity to get exposure. But a lot of creators that primarily post on Twitter don't necessarily know how Reddit works, how to go through it. So one of the things we're actually offering is um, you know a tutorials for the creators that have joined, saying hey, here's how you created a Reddit account. Here's where you're going to want to post. Here's how you pass verification processes and like kind of just holding your hand through the process of like, this is how you take advantage of this other fantastic area to get exposure. And then we're actually even going a step further and kind of piloting a fully managed Reddit service. So if any creators are interested, we'll run your Reddit account for you. We'll make sure it's kind of linking back to your cheeked up and we'll do an initial majority of the outreach. So that way you can focus on what you do best, which is, you know, create content and let us handle the rest.
0: Okay. What are you guys doing in terms of recruitment of creators?
2: Michael, I'll let you take that one. I think I've done a lot of the talk in here. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So
1: we're um, primarily in terms of getting creators on the platform, we're kind of approaching it from a, a few different avenues. So we, we do get a lot of, I would say, engagement from our Twitter account. Uh, A lot of creators that have have been following us really from our infancy. I mean, Bruce, we're we're still a very new company, but um, from when we we first started, uh, we've we've had a lot of traction there on Twitter, obviously, now X. And there's a lot of um, word of mouth, as you know, in the industry. So we get a lot of business from referrals, from one creator who tries out the platform and obviously, you know, has... Uh, different friends different people that they engage with in the space um, a lot of it's been through uh, word of mouth as well and we actually have a referral program just really for that reason to incentivize creators to refer other creators on over to the platform and in doing so they they obviously make some money from doing that as well and that that money does come out of the the cheeked up commission it doesn't take away from any of the uh, bottom line that goes into their the referred friend's pocket effectively
0: very cool well you got to do something to to market so that's that's just marketing expense so makes sense to me what's the most bizarre or funny thing that's happened in your journey so far
2: (laughs) well as you can imagine our journey is uh, i would argue uh, an accumulation of bizarre (laughs) or funny experiences but i can share one this one's actually probably one of my favorites So a couple months ago, as we were kind of getting ready to launch and get everything ready, we had just kind of signed the paperwork with our payment processors and gotten that set up. And one of the things we learned is there's actually two components when you're running a marketplace platform for payment processing. So there's obviously the how do you run a user's credit card and make sure that that money gets safely from their credit card to your bank account. And then there's the latter half of that portion where when a creator goes to initiate a withdrawal for the funds that they've earned on the platform, how do you get that money from your bank account over to the creators? And we learned very quickly that we needed to incorporate a payment facilitator platform. And there are very, very few in the industry that deal with payment facilitation for uh, adult content creators. Um, Once again, a knock on just how difficult it is to do anything in this industry financially related.
0: Yeah, PayPal ain't going to do it for you. That's for sure.
2: No, sir. <laughs> so there weren't too many options. And then when we thought back to our tech stack and what integrated there, there really was one option that we that ended up working for us. So, you know, we we go to their website, we fill out their KYB uh, process and, you know, uh, put together an application. And then we we hit submit and we also fill out their form saying, hey, we'd love to get some get in contact with someone ASAP, you know, get this turned around and make sure we're good to go. So, you know, a day goes by, uh, we hear nothing. Two days go by, we hear nothing. And Bruce, we're we're entrepreneurs at heart. So
0: now I'm not going to ask you who it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, out of respect to them, I think we'll keep it quiet too. But um, we're, we're entrepreneurs. You tell us to wait more than five minutes for every anything, and we get antsy.
0: People tell me to have patience, and they say I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But you know, so we uh, we're waiting, we're waiting. Finally, we get an email, um, right? And it's this uh, Calendly link invite to like a Google Meet, um, and we're like, perfect. Uh, you know, we'll have a call on Friday afternoon with these guys. We're good to go. We'll get our questions answered. Uh, we show up to the meeting. No one shows up to the meeting from their end. Ugh,
0: embarrassing. Now I almost want you to call them out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, what happened was, um, you know, we we got a little bit frustrated, and personally, I was just like, okay. I'm not taking no for an answer. And I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to have that mindset. But what I ended up doing was I actually found the guy that emailed us. I found his name and then I Googled him. I found him on LinkedIn, actually. And I cold messaged him on LinkedIn from my personal LinkedIn account. And I just said, hey, man, we put in an application like we need to get in touch with you. 20 minutes later, we had him in the, on the phone. And two days later, we had our application like through and we were integrated.
0: I think I know who you're talking about. But anyway, go ahead.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm sure you do. There's not too many names in the industry. Um, To their credit, I think once we got a hold of them, they have been nothing short of fantastic with helping us integrate. And it's been a great service. But yeah, it it was just one of those stories where it's like, the road is full of twists and turns. And, you know, to, to really get something like this out, it takes like doing, you know, I would call that just like, An average day in the in the life there. Oh, hey! (laughs) You
0: don't broker you don't broker websites. You should hear about my average day. You got it, good, my friends. You got it, good. (laughs) So the creator space, the creator platform space, and the creator space has gotten very crowded. So how do you deal with competitors in the adult space?
2: So I think I'll I'll keep this one simple, and it's it kind of harks back to I would say like a lot of what we've said previously, but. In short, we built this platform because we care. And we kind of acknowledge that the other competitors in this space, uh, like, like we know it's a tough industry dominated by a few big players, but we also know that none of these other companies are doing what we do. So nobody else has a dedicated discord for their creators where they help them with live troubleshooting. Like inside of 30 minutes, if you ask a question, we will fix it on our website Nobody else checks up on creators in Twitter DMs and solicits feedback for features to add to the site. Nobody else listens to what people are saying in the comments section and directly makes those comments crucial points in forward-looking strategy. I think, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but there's a lack of that in, I would argue, any business, but specifically in the the marketplace platform industry. And there's just a shortage of companies that kind of have business models that were built from the ground up that align their personal incentives with creator success. And the way we kind of built ourselves makes it imperative that our creators and us, we kind of like succeed in tandem. I guess in regards to directly dealing with the competitors, we just have faith that our platform will begin to shine as creators realize that we have better commissions, better tools, more exposure opportunities uh, than other platforms offer them. And our success should be predicated on the success of creators, nothing else. That's very
0: true. Do you ever worry with all the platforms out there? Do you ever worry that your platform might be too niche?
2: One of the things I've built many, many startups in the past. um, And, you know, this is not my, my first lap around the track. And I think one of the things that I have learned from that experience is just the fact that like, most people end up going too wide. And I do not think there is a There is not a good subset of niche marketplace platforms that currently exist. It's a fair question to ask, but I would even argue that our niche is not much of a niche. I think most people enjoy (laughs) booty content. So I don't think we've dug ourselves too niche of a hole just yet.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. And, and, you know, I've always believed anyway that it's important to specialize in this industry because there is too much general out there. There's too much of we have everything. And like you said, Walmart, look, God love OnlyFans for getting this whole thing started and making this industry and all the cottage industries that go along with it, making so many people money, making so many creators wealthy beyond their wildest dreams, taking people out of poverty, taking unemployed people and giving them a good income during the pandemic. I mean, I could go on and on. I think the whole OnlyFans phenomenon is amazing. And what it's also done, and I'm a big advocate of this, is it's taken the power and it's brought it back to the creators from the companies. The production companies don't have the power anymore. The creators have the power. Now the production companies need to work with the creators, right?
2: Yeah. And it's been such a good revolution for the industry. But it's one of those things that like we really appreciate this revolution and we, we want to continue making sure that it moves in the right directions with with creators first and making sure that companies don't get so big that you you ultimately see history repeat itself and it takes very strong will to not get clouded by money, judgment, whatever, to ensure that what you set out from day one continues to perpetuate through in year ten.
0: I listen to you guys. And it's very inspiring to hear what you have to say and what you're trying to do. And yeah. And the best advice I can give you is stay that way, stay motivated and, and stick to your guns.
2: Yeah. It's, it's what got us through a grueling, what is it? Almost year long dev process. Now (laughs) um, every morning we woke up and there was another fire or another reason we wouldn't be able to launch it, but here we are. And I gotta Um, be be honest as
1: well, Bruce, I I think, one of the things that, that really brought us to, you know, it's it, I wouldn't call it a finish line. I think I think that that's not really fair to say, Drew, because it's a constantly iterating process. But one of the things that, that got us to where we are is just the inability to shake this desire to get this to market, to champion that cause and to, to really stand out in this industry. Um, it, it was just something that we couldn't shake. We, we were really obsessed with that that dream of bringing something like this to market, Bruce. That's fabulous.
0: What's your stance? Because you've covered this a little bit, but what's your stance on inclusivity and diversity in the content you host on your platform?
2: Well, I said it once, so I'll say it again, you know, all booties are welcome on our platform. <laughs> um, so we welcome all creators. No, you don't uh, want mine, site, you really so. don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see what, see what happens, Bruce, throw it on there. Once again, we support everyone. <laughs> but, you know, as mentioned earlier, uh, the incentives of our platform are kind of aligned with your success as a creator. And success does not come without a welcoming atmosphere of inclusivity and diversity that not only, you know, encourages these values, but celebrates them as well. Um, and that, that's very important to us.
0: Okay. What was the most challenging part of creating this product?
2: You know, we, we talked about this earlier too. Um, there was nothing that wasn't a challenge, but you know, that, that's just life. But I, I think the biggest part was, I, I would call it like a majority of the red tape. So regulatory, financial red tape, and then just legal compliance as well. We were pretty lucky from day one to just find a rockstar dev team and being able to speak the language and getting the dev work done. I, we've spoken to a few other people in this industry, and you know it's, it's hard to find a reliable dev team that does exactly what you need to do for prices that don't gouge you, especially as a startup. Uh, so that, that was a big component of it.
0: We're both lucky there. I've got a great dev, so...
2: Oh, fantastic! Well, we'll have to talk a bit more about that. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's the foundation, um, and you know, you, you take it for granted when your dev team is great, but you really realize how bad it can be pretty quickly when they're not. <laughs> um, oh
0: boy, I've been there.
2: <laughs> we we had a few friends in the payment process industry that kind of helped point us in the right direction too. Michael, I don't know if you want to kind of highlight the the payment process help we got, but I think that was a big component of it.
1: Yeah, I mean. Add a little bit, Bruce. It, it, we just needed a little bit of handholding, you know. And in, in whatever capacity, you know, we could we could get that. You know, being a startup in this space, largely uncharted territory for for our team. In a lot of ways, I think that we we wanted to take advantage of that. So I had a buddy from from back in the day, known known many many years, and he was actually in connection with uh, somebody in the payment processing industry, and it was really just. You know that, that door that opened up that I think gave us a lot of clarity and, and confidence to move forward. You know it's that handholding, Bruce. We're, we're not ashamed to say it. Sometimes you need it. And no, you shouldn't be. And I'll tell you something. And I'm going to throw in some shameless self
0: promotion here. But we have a consulting company. It's called Adult Business Consulting. And people like you who come in from the outside of the industry, who don't know where to start, they come to me. And I show them the way, as it as it is, and point them in the right directions. All the things that you talked about, all the compliance type of stuff, the payments, the payouts, servers, you name it. We've got all those resources, so it makes it a lot easier for people. And as I listen to you guys talk, I sit there and think to myself, God, I could have made this easier for them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, if we had met you a year ago yeah
0: <laughs> at least you learned you need to google better at least you learned everything in the process yeah yeah at least you now now you know enough where you could help guide somebody but this is something that i've done for a while and it's really was created out of this type of thing because i started once from outside the industry and I took my lumps, man. And my first dev ran out on me, didn't give me anything for the money I spent I spent on it. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things where everyone does need that hand if they come from the outside. And if they
1: don't admit it, then they're lying to themselves. Of course, of course. And it, it, it's incredibly valuable, Bruce, what you're talking about, really being there with that expertise um, and being able to point different, you know, budding entrepreneurs, people who haven't had experience in the industry in the right direction, really invaluable. Yeah, it is.
0: And for those who want to make the investment, I'm happy to help. If they're not, then yeah, they're on their own. And I, you know, it's certainly it's well worth the investment to make sure and get what it is they want. But again, not everybody's going to choose to spend that money and that's fine. I have no problem with that. So I was just kind of thinking, cheeked up. So how did you guys come up with a name? You must have been drinking or something.
2: You have <laughs> my reading
1: powers, Bruce. But
0: you, no, It was you're, just a, it was just a guess, <laughs> kind of like the guy, with, the guy who came up with the pet rock. He would
1: had his like his 18th triple martini and said, hey, I'm going to sell
0: a pet rock.
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, you right on the money, Bruce. Uh, I, I, you know, just to kind of. Give you the story. There was alcohol involved. Yes, it took us, I would say, over a month of brainstorming names to come up with this. You know, we would have uh, touch points throughout the day. We would, we would all kind of think through what were we going to to name this this company. Um, what what was the site going to be called? And it was, I guess, a, a balance between kind of finding domains that are available. Which, to be honest, Bruce, is a challenge in and of itself, as I'm sure you know, and clever ways to sort of convey what our goal was for the site. So really, one day during a you know, regularly scheduled brainstorming sesh over you know, some brews, uh, one of our buddies was actually uh, complaining about his jeans, right? His, his jeans, they had, they had shrunk in the wash. So, so he had some really, really tight jeans on, right? That was after his third pizza, right? Exactly. It might have been the fourth pizza, Bruce, but who's counting? Anyway, this guy got up and he stood up to show us how tight these pants were. We noticed there wasn't really much breathing room, Bruce, in the in the glute area for him. So someone said, again, you know, everybody's drinking, so you're not necessarily paying too much attention. You're kind of in the zone, right? Somebody <laughs> said, dang, bro, you know, you're you're looking pretty cheeked up. And immediately... When it came out of you know, so-and-so's mouth, I put my beer down and I was straight to go daddy, right? See if the domain was available, right? Because it's, <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's really a challenge just finding a domain that isn't taken. So when I saw it was available, boom, Cheeked Up was born right there.
0: You know, I, I, and that's, if I can give a tip here, when I'm looking for a domain, first thing I do is I search the domain. I look for my ideal domain, okay? If it's adult business consulting, then I look for that. Fortunately, it was available. But sometimes there are domains that are not available. That doesn't mean you can't still buy them. So once you see that that domain is unavailable, then I always look for the site. And if there's no site, that probably means somebody's sitting on the domain. So if you go if you go to the Who Is records, unfortunately, GoDaddy's the worst with that. By the way, because if you send a Go Is request to GoDaddy, you have to fill out a form that says research or other purposes. I shit you not, you can't directly contact the do- domain holder through a blind address like you can with most other registrars because most people have their their domains under uh, domain privacy, as I'm sure you guys do, and. In most cases, unless they're through GoDaddy, I can contact the domain holder and say, and I said, don't send it from my business address. I send it from my personal address. And I say, hey, I'm interested in this domain. How much is it? Now, sometimes you get lucky and they'll say $200. Or even if they say $1,000 or $2,000, you're starting a company? Come on. If you're starting a company, spend the money. I'll give you an example of this too. There is a competitor of yours. I'm not going to give the name. And when they started their company, they looked up their domain and the com and net were taken. So they used another iteration of the name. Okay. This is a very successful one. Well, what ended up happening was later on, they came to me and said, well, well, they tried to buy the domain at the time and the price was what they thought was un- unrealistic. I think they wanted five or $10,000 for it. Once this guy launched and got successful, then he had me go back and ask again. Well, not surprisingly, the price had gone up about 20 times. I eventually got his domain, and it's the set of domains that these guys had. But that was after dealing with the mainstream broker that I totally had it out with. Because when I'm shopping for my clients, I'm not always going to be nice if they're going to be resistant. And we finally got him the domain, and... You know, I got paid on it and everything, but I was just thinking to myself, why didn't you buy it when it was a couple grand? So the the moral of the story is, if you're looking to start something and want a domain, buy the damn domain. That's unless they want an outrageous amount of money. If not, if they'd want an outrageous amount of money, come to me and let me see if I can get it for less. That's all.
2: So Bruce, I actually, I'd love to ask you a question here, and um, it's an interesting one. So to Michael's point here for the story, uh, one of the things that I was encouraging our team to do from day one was like, let's keep all of these, let's call them extra expenses pretty lean so that way we can focus on on dev work you know building the product that's like the core of what we are so i encouraged us and you know to a point like i think we may have gotten into a few arguments about it but i was i was very adamant that if our domain is not available for like 99 cents on godaddy we don't need to spend more money on it than that you know obviously there's there's a bit of a uh, some leeway there but I was ready to even, you know, we were ready to like, I was pitching, let's just go the Zillow route, a.k.a. make up a word no one's heard, heard of before. And the, the site is a reflection of our marketing and our ability to bring something successful to market. Not so much.
0: I think you did good. But if, for instance, somebody was sitting on Cheeked Up, or if it was asses.com, of course, that would be expensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, things like that. Then I, if it isn't too outrageous, I, I'd pay the freight.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you don't want to cheap out on your domain. I know that there's dev costs and everything else. You never want to cheap out on your domain. It's important,
1: Bruce. You know, names are huge. It's your brand. Absolutely.
0: But the bottom line is you did, you did good. So, you know, and it's something, it's something that's a conversation starter. So it's even better. So moving on. So what's in store for Cheeked Up moving forward?
2: Yeah, so so right now, you know, we're we're excited to be pretty fresh off of our launch and just kind of gaining that momentum. Um, You know, the way we see this business model, it's it's really like a snowball, and you know, as it continues to gain momentum, it's going to grow, and as it grows, it continues to grow. Um, So right now, we're just putting as much strength behind pushing that snowball down the mountain as possible. Yeah, I'm kind of anchoring this analogy here, but really just kind of getting everything we can. So we are doing a lot of partnerships with a lot of blogs. I think that that's a huge one. And just making sure that we have kind of sponsorships all over the place, building trust in the industry and getting our name in as many places as possible. And just having a lot of good, I would say like creator stories that we can share of like, you know, we we built this to show creator success. And we want to make sure that we're following through with that. So building those creator stories and those those real success stories that we can highlight from there. You know, we also have some exclusivity deals in the work with some certain creators to try to get them onto our site. We have growth that we can do, and then there's growth that needs to happen at scale. And now we're really investing in that latter half of growth at scale. I think the toughest part, though, is just you know not getting ex- too excited about any one thing. You know, we see a pretty. Clear path forward of balance between product, marketing, and making sure that you know our, our site, the unit economics of our site are running responsibly. And you know, from there, uh, it's a pretty clear path forward. It's a, it's encouraging to see new users and sellers and buyers signing up every day, and that just kind of keeps us going, making sure we're uh, chugging along in the right direction.
0: Fabulous. Well, Drew Michael, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk, and I
1: hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon.
2: Bruce, thank you so much for having us. It's, it's been a pleasure.
1: We, we, we planned it, Bruce. Thank you again so much for having us on. We, we really enjoyed it. And, and we, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, Bruce. Thank you again. The pleasure was all mine. My broker tip today is part one on how to buy a site.
0: The first question to ask yourself is what kind of site would you like to buy? Would you like a tube site, a cam site, a dating site, a membership site, a social media site, or something else? If you want to buy a membership site, what type of site do you want and in what niche? There are literally hundreds of niches and many sub-niches. For instance, let's say you want to buy a gay site. Under gay, there's bears or mature, bareback, Asian, Latino, amateur, bi, black, euro, and fetish, along with many fetishes under that classification. Plus, there's hardcore, jocks, porn stars, solo, Trans, twinks, and uniforms. Straight has even more sub-niches. I can't tell you how many people contact me and just say, I want to buy a site or I want to buy a pay site. I need more information than that. How you make this decision should be based on these factors. What interests you? What you enjoy should definitely play a part in what you buy. If you like men and want to make money on a straight site, that's probably a really bad idea. Same thing if you're straight and want to buy a gay site. So what you like plays a part. What's your budget? This is something you need to establish at the very beginning. Not only do you need to know what it is you're working with, but some classifications of sites are more expensive than others. For instance, if you want a cam site with any traffic or revenue at all, you're going to need a lot of money. In fact, to buy any established and successful site will be somewhat expensive. If you buy a site that's pretty much just a platform without traffic or sales, you're going to need a huge investment to build it up. In that case, it might actually be as good or better just to start your own site. That way you get exactly what it is you're looking for. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Gibson Allman of Pornstar Metrics. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guests, Drew and Michael of Cheeked Up. Talk to you again next week on Adult Slate Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.